Today, we have a recipe for a great show. My guest is a Christian nutritionist who is serving God's recipe for excellent health. She's been a biblical health coach for over 20 years, helping hundreds of women grow in confidence in the kitchen, in their own personal health, and in confidence in knowing God and his love. She's also an international speaker, and she helps professionals have the mental edge advantage in ministry, missions, speaking, and writing. I'd like for you to welcome to Arise Esther, Annette Reeder. Hey, Annette. Hey, Don. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you are with us today, and I can't wait for people to learn a little bit more about you. I met you not too long ago. And one of the first things that I saw was a beautiful brochure that you have (laughs) talking about confidence in the kitchen and knowing God's love and confident to be our best advocate for our own health. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, when I was really young, when I was in my teen years, I knew God called me into missions and I knew that was going to be my ministry forever. And then, you know, life happens. And so then I became a mom and, you know, got married, became a mom, did all of that. The next thing I realized is like, wait a minute, what happened to my ministry? What happened to my missions? I was supposed to be involved in. I was supposed to be in Africa by now. Well, God has brought me full circle around to that ministry. And now I am in missions and I am in Africa, although I get to serve Africa from Virginia And when you said the word recipe, I get to share, some might call it the Romans road. Some might call it lifestyle evangelism, but I get to do it with food. And that's what makes it so tasty. That what, what makes it wet everyone's appetite is by using food, using nutrition, using health. I get to share with people around the globe, around the world. The message is that God loves them. And so, yes, it was a season of time that I didn't know would ever come but that's what I get to do now. And I am just so blessed and my kids are grown. I've got grandkids, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so now I have this season where I can actually season my life with and help season other people's lives with understanding how much God loves them. And I get to do it with food. I mean, what what greater recipe do you need? That's awesome. I have a feeling today is going to have a lot of little metaphors because I'm hungry to know more. (laughs) (laughs) I will always know that. Did you always enjoy cooking? Is it about cooking or what is it about seasoning? Is it about recipes that are healthy for your body? It is. It's about all of that. And so when I realized my ministry was going to be food and nutrition, I had to go back to college and get my bachelor's in nutrition. So it's like, okay, Lord, I, I know you've taught us well that we need to have the skills so that we can be received and we can be accepted before they'll even let us, you know, serve them your love before they'll even let us serve them how, how much they need you. So once I got all of those, you know, um, menu items taken care of, then God really started opening the doors to the ministry. And yes, it's all about food. It's all about nutrition. I get to share with people three principles that are basic. They're timeless. You know, they're always going to work and you don't have to like get caught up in the winds of opinion. You know, what's the latest health? What's the latest food to eat? What's the latest food not to eat? You know, so it just helps with the neck to not get all twisted out of shape when you just understand the basics of how God made us. 
Mm, that's so intriguing. So I have so many questions. I want to hear about those three basic principles. And I want to also find out how did you get to Africa? What led you there? So whichever, dive into whichever one first. Well, so I did go to Africa. I'll, I'm going to leave you, um, you know, with your plate empty for right now for the principles. So we'll just come okay. back to that. Okay. Um, so they're important. But I did go to Africa um, about, about, gosh, time goes by so fast. Actually, 20 years ago, I did spend some time in Africa on a short missions trip. And, and I also realized that, yes, I love being in missions. I've been in missions in Romania and Africa and um, just different parts of the United States and Mexico. But I also realized that traveling to Africa is not always a lot of fun. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone. But yet, Last week, I got an email from someone in Kenya and someone in Zambia because they had watched my YouTube channel and they were asking about God's love. They said they didn't understand it and they want to know more. Mm -hmm. That's how I am now today from Richmond, Virginia, a missionary in Africa. Yeah. And since I've gone on YouTube, I am now in 150 different countries. Mm -hmm. sharing the love of Christ. And in one month in China, we had over 600 downloads. Yeah. I love the analytics on YouTube. It's the most incredible thing ever. <laughs> it's what it shows you who's watching, where they're from, what age they are. And then you see that's my mission field. Yes. That is really moving. When we think about that, that we are able to bring the message of hope and health and Jesus Christ across the, the globe We've too of uh, on a rise, Esther. We've received some email from some people in Africa, West Africa, watching, listening, and it's thrilling. It's it's joyful, and there's not a language barrier because they're understanding English and being able to watch and glean and grow from you and receive God's love. Learning more, it, it is. That's beautiful. Yeah. So the, that's go ahead. No, I was just going to say the world has become very small and very reachable. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there you are over in Africa. But today, let's talk just for a moment about our topic that we discussed, um, helping Christians finish their race well. What about Christians in the world today, in America today? What do you see that, that Christians are struggling with so much? To be quite honest, it's very similar to the same thing as non-Christians. And that is they really don't understand the depth of God's love. They don't understand how it works in our life. They feel like they're, they're having to work all by themselves. They're feeling like, well, you know, they have issues with believing lies that they've been told. Well, you're not good enough. Well, yes, God answers that person's prayer, but that's not you. You know, there's all of these thoughts that come into our mind. And we seem to build a wall and instead God says, but I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. And I want you to experience that love yet. We throw up barriers and it's, it's like, Lord, why aren't you hearing me? Why aren't you listening to me? And he is, we just aren't taking the time to just sit with him and to talk with him, but yet to just let him talk. And that talk comes through understanding how much God loves you. When you understand how he created your body, you see the handiwork of that love. When you understand how he works in your life, you see that love 
you know, being just growing in everything around you. So really it's, it's hard for Christians to um, admit I was one of those. I knew God loved me, but the, but was bigger than my thought about his love, but I thought I could never change, but I thought I could never be thin again, but I thought I could never be healthy, but you know, all of those, buts. Mm -hmm. That means we don't understand his love for us. Mm -hmm. So when we throw that word in there, it's like, okay, you've just, you've just totally changed that from trusting in God to not trusting in God. Yeah. Like there's just this caveat there that says, well, I, I, God loves me this much, but he doesn't love me fully or his love doesn't reach the depth of that pain over there or that fear that I have over here. You mentioned that you had a moment in your life where you just weren't sure about the love of God and you didn't know if God's love was going to be enough. You said you're your moment. And we're on this program of arise Esther and, and Esther stood up at a time in life when she was in crisis and in a challenge. And you said the challenge for you was looking in the mirror and loving yourself. And how could God love you? How tell us a little bit about that moment for you. It was probably longer than a moment. How did you get there feeling like my life isn't worth it? Well, when I was young, someone had told me, Annette, you're going to be in ministry and you're going to make a difference. But yet as a young mom in my thirties, looking at myself in the mirror, feeling the way I did, I figured that was a lie. They obviously didn't know me. They didn't know how my life was going to turn out. And when you're in your thirties with kids and doing, trying to manage everything, you just think that's it. <laughs> it's like, we don't understand the seasons of time. We don't understand how God works. We think this is it. So I'm looking in the mirror and it's like, Lord, every day, I, I know you love me. I say that, but every day, I think I would rather be in heaven or not alive today. Mm. I would be depressed. And then one day, and when I was in the car driving, it was a fall day. I can still picture every element of this story. We were in the escort wagon, uh, driving along the road. The crisp leaves were crunk, you know, crinkling under the tires. And my son, who is eight, he leaned forward in the back seat and he says, mom, why don't you smile anymore? Mm. Well, that hurt. <laughs> that really hurts. And that my thought went back to what happened to, I would be in ministry. What happened to, I would be in missions. What happened to all of that Lord? And you know, why am I here? And nothing's happening. Like I thought, and then, you know, God just really brought me to my knees. Um, several health challenges came into our, our family of four. We had cancer and heart disease. This was in our thirties. And God's like, are you ready to listen to me? I, I really do have a plan for you. And that's when I finally just got down on my knees and like, okay, Lord. I'm missing something here because every day I'd rather be dead every day. I'd rather not be here. So what am I missing? And that's when he showed me, he says, you're not accepting my love. Mm. You're not accepting my love for you. You know, it, it's a brain thing, but it's not a heart thing. Did that so, everything for you in that moment? Or was it a process? It was a process because we have a lot to unlearn so that we can learn. We have a lot of lies that we've been told. We have a lot of situations that we don't understand how God is at work. And so it's a process, but it starts with a decision. I had to decide, okay, Lord, every day 
I'm going to get up. I'm going to stand in front of the mirror and I'm going to say, I love the body you've given me. I'm going to say, I love you no matter what. I'm going to say, I love the plans that you have for me. And did I believe it at first? Not one bit. <laughs> so, right. But I knew his word was true. Mm -hmm. And so the more I started saying that out loud, because I had to hear it, yes. the more he would then direct me to a verse to confirm it. Yes. I love what you're saying. Um, and I just get really excited because the power of life and death is in our mouth, in our tongue. And we have the most influence over ourselves. We hear ourselves speaking more than anyone else. And so many people don't realize how many times they're cursing themselves every day or demeaning themselves, but even more importantly, giving their brain a negative target. You say, I'm so overweight. I'm fat. I don't like myself. We're just speaking death over ourselves. So I love that you began to speak those affirmations. And I don't know if you realized it at that time, what you were doing, but you're renewing the mind mm -hmm. and you're believing God, you're taking God at his word, who says so many women, by the way, have struggles with body image. And I've heard you say that a couple of times now. So was that part of the reason why you began investigating healthy food and looking at nutrition as a calling? Well, I are, I've known all my life. I mean, I took seven years of home ec and family and all that stuff. I mean, from junior high to college, I took all of the courses on food. My mom was totally into juicing. So I was surrounded by it, but I just kept fighting it. I knew what I was doing wrong. It's not hard to figure out that that sugar is really making you crazy. <laughs> Those uh, donuts that you're hiding. Yeah. You, you know, that's not right you know, but they became the go-to. So it wasn't hard to figure out what to eat healthy. And that's, I will share those three principles that I put aside on the plate earlier. The principle number one, well, this is what happened. A friend of mine that I met, she says, Annette, you've got to read this book. It's, it's just, it's so down to earth. You've got to read it. And it was written by Dr. Rex Russell, what the Bible says about healthy living. Well, so I read it and it's three principles. Number one, eat the foods that God called good for us. Number two, eat it as close to the way he designed it before it's being altered beyond it's our, beyond our bodies able to recognize it. But number three is don't let any food become an addiction. If there's a food or drink that you cannot walk away from for a minimum of a month, you have an addiction. Well, I had a few addictions. <laughs> so, um, and got, I knew it. I knew it before I had this revelation moment but I was finally ready to put them aside and not let them be on the plate anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was finally ready to say, okay, Lord, show me, teach me, do what you need to do. I am ready. And so through that, uh, I just kind of stepped into like doing the Daniel fast, which is just, you know, no animal products. And then um, after doing that and just not calorie counting or anything. So the first year I lost 65 pounds and I just felt amazing. Yeah, that's great. But but you know what the weight that I lost that weighed even more than the scale showed was that burden, that yoke of depression, that yoke of God doesn't love me or God doesn't care. That was the weight that got lifted. And I got to put on a new robe. It's like when Esther goes before the King, she puts on that robe. 
I got to put on that robe of righteousness that God had waiting for me because I kept wearing the robe of guilt and despair and depression. Mm-hmm. I got, I just threw that off. Mm-hmm. That's not me anymore. Yeah. Amen. That's like Isaiah 61, you know, saying that he'll give us the garments of praise instead of the garments of despair and discouragement that we have to be willing to release them. Don't we? We do. It's all, it's all a choice we make. It's a decision that we make, but Mm -hmm. you talked about the changes. Let me share with you the biology that changes when we start praising the Lord. And you may already know this and your listeners may know it too, but I was, I was in a grocery store and you know, this is before self-checkout. And so I, the, the grocery, the clerk there, he was a college student. He's like scanning my groceries. And all of a sudden he goes, Achoo! and I said, you know, everyone around us is saying, what, what do they say? God bless you. Right. I said, God loves you. Oh, and he just kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, and I said, do you know why I said, God loves you? And he's like, no, <laughs> typical college student. I said, I said, God loves you because it's been proven when you admit and you say, God loves me. Or if someone says God loves you to you and you hear those words, your T cell count goes up and your T cell count is what's going to help you get rid of whatever your body is fighting. It increases. And they've showed this in many studies that you just say, God loves you or God loves me. Your armor in your body goes on a war path against any toxins that you have, anything you're being bombarded with people who admitted that God loves me and they speak it out loud and they believe it. They live longer, healthier lives than those who had that bitterness wrapped up in inside themselves and would, and would say, no, God doesn't exist. God does exist. And our cells recognize their maker's name. That is absolutely ridiculously cool and outstanding. I mean, look at God, how he created us. Yes. The cells in our body recognize his name and come to attention when someone says over us, or we say to ourselves, God loves you and our T cell. And the research shows that that's mind blowing. That really is. And so, so that's when God says, you know, praise me, praise my name, lift me up. You know, it, and like the word of God is medicine to our bones. Well, Mm -hmm. science can prove what, according to what you're saying right now, how amazing and wonderfully fearfully made we are. Oh, so, so, much so doesn't uh, the body and the soul and the spirit all work together. The three parts that we're created all work together. Talk to me a little bit about the body or give me the three parts. Did you give? Yeah. You gave me all, all of those three. I gave you the three principles, but here's the thing. Many people want to separate the spiritual from the physical. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sick. I go to a doctor. I need prayer. I'll call my friends. They're connected. You cannot separate the physical from the spiritual or the spiritual from the physical. And just that study alone proves it. When our cells respond to our thoughts, if we, um, Dr. Cooey, he's my co-author in our Bible study and in our DVD series. And he explains, he was a professor at Baylor university. They could see in the microscope that people who had unforgiveness, their cells, you know, they're very rigid. They're very, you know, um, they're not able to let toxins out or nutrition in Mm -hmm. yet. They could see under the microscope. I have no clue how he did this, 
they could see when someone is praying or when they're laughing, the cells are so wide open, they can allow the nutrition in and they can force the toxins out. All cells produce toxins. It's just what they do. And so we need that waste material to leave and we need to know the fresh newness to come in and they can see it under a microscope. Yeah, that's just spectacular. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So is that research in your book that you just shared with us? That's in our video series, the Treasures of Healthy Living video series. It's also a CD series. Dr. Cooey shares that extremely well and- it's just great coming from him since he was in the lab while they were doing it. Um, he's a bit of a bragger. He will say his lab was much better than the Mayo Clinic. So just give you an idea of what a typical Baylor person would say. Um, so Okay, we'll be ready for that. Is that the 40-day transformation? It is not. It's actually my first, my first book that I put out was the Treasures of Healthy Living DVD series. Okay. And it's all about studying from Genesis to Revelation, what the Bible teaches us about healthy living. But the 40 day transformation is where I really want people to start because just as I had to make a decision, it's a mindset shift Mm -hmm. to go from believing the lies to believing the truth. And so I walk people through how to do that and how to really understand how the love of God is going to help transform them both physically and spiritually. So that's the 40 day transformation. Mm -hmm. I just love everything that you're doing. It's just so needed in our world today, but you have a really unique angle as well, because I'm still wondering, how does the kitchen come into all of this? So <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to grow in confidence in God's love for me and even in my health, but I'm going to cook now too. That would be a miracle for me. <laughs> how does well, that come in? I don't have a lot yeah. of confidence in the kitchen. Well, That was what, you know, they always say as a speaker and a writer, listen to what the questions are and you'll know what to write next. But I list, I heard the questions and people would say, I was teaching this Bible study all over and they would say, but I don't know how to cook. And I'm like, how can you not know how to cook? I mean, I've been in home ec for seven years. I mean, seriously. And if I had just paid attention, I would have started a cooking show a long time ago (laughs) because seriously people, it's just like you, you don't know how to cook. Yeah. So in my videos in on the YouTube channel, I do some cooking videos and I try to always add elements of basics like, uh, okay, so I'm going to do a scoop of this flour and I'm going to say, no, don't tap it. You know, don't tamp it down on the counter because you're going to compact it. And it's going to be very dry bread. So I try to add in te- little teaching elements, but I want people to know how to cook with real food to get the most delicious food back. But I also want you to cook with foods that are talked about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about the foods of the Bible, so are, is there any secret food that we might not be aware of, or is it things that we pretty much know, you know, grains and berries and do you do meat, lean chicken and those things, or do you try to stick with the Daniel diet? Well, the Daniel diet is extremely helpful for most people, mm-hmm. but yet Jesus didn't stick to it. So I figure Jesus is always my best example. More so than any author of today or any doctor on Google, uh, you know, so I always follow his example. If he declared it good, then it's obviously something we can enjoy. If he said, you know, that's not really best for you. And maybe it might be unclean for you. Then I avoid it. I I feel like scripture is a higher authority than any person on this land. I agree. 
So yes, so good point. So that's how Jesus ate. So the three principles that we're hearing about then are that if it's, um, if God made it, right, we can eat it for us, for us to eat, for us. So to he, eat. he made everything. Yeah, right. Good <laughs> so, that doesn't make everything good for us. It just means if God, God made it for us to eat. Yes. And then keep it as close to how God made it. Right. So that means don't overcook it. Don't add a lot of sugars and coatings and f- things. Well, and it actually means the processing of food. Okay. So man takes God's gifts and then he starts to dissect it. And then he's like, oh, there's vitamins in here. Let's pull those out and sell them. And then let's take this part of the food that's left. And then let's add all these chemicals. So now we can put the flavor back in because we took that out and let's add a little bit of uh, fake fibers in because we took that out. And then you have this altered food that is supposed to look and taste like what God gave us. And it's like, ah, that's, uh, that's processed food. And our body is not going to be singing hallelujah when we eat that. Right. Okay. So more than how you prepare it is really staying away from processed foods and packaged foods, eating it, eating fresh farm to table type foods that are nutritious and still have nutrition in them. Okay. And then if you can't go without any food for 30 days, check out an addiction because you might be addicted, but if you're eating how God wants you to, and you're eating it as close as possible, is it okay to I got to have my chicken today <laughs> or well, is that are not out of balance? Well, your body, when you eat real food and real close to the way it was created, you're not going to have addictions. I mean, how much chicken can you really eat in a day? You're going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm done with chicken. You know, I mean, how many dates can you eat in a day? Well, typically not near as much as you can eat ice cream. Yeah. All right. So, but yet dates are such a natural sweetener, but yet they have so much fiber and vitamins and minerals. Your body says, Oh, you know, three, that's enough. But if you're eating ice cream with all the stimulants in it, your body's like, Oh, another one. <laughs> oh, another one. Oh, another one. You know, you're have this, you know, conveyor belt, like a Lucille ball conveyor belt going by with you know, chocolates. And it's like, Oh, another one. <laughs> you know, so Exactly. And, you know, without getting into all of the the FDA and all the things that happen, but our food today is designed to make us addicted to it. That processed food, it it's truly a thing. It's a real important subject for us to pay attention to. So we've been talking so many things. We've, I feel like we've been around the world. We're talking about missions and serving the world with the message that God's put inside of you really the recapturing of your own calling and passion when you got on your knees and said, yes, God, I'll follow you. And then the Lord just opened up this whole new chapter of life for you. How are you today? You love yourself? I do. I do. I I did just turn 60. So (laughs) I I'm like, Birthday. okay, uh, another new decade. I, I wasn't expecting to come so quickly, but it's here. So I'm having to work a little bit harder. It's staying in shape and, you know, staying on top of things. But I just, I realized, okay, this is where I am. My mission is not done. So I'm going to continue. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop eating healthy. I'm not going to stop exercising because I am, my mission's not complete until I go home. So it is still very important. And it's still very important for me to share the love of God. And, you know, for your listeners, it's about taking the passion that God's given you and 
then realizing he gave you that passion for a purpose. Food has always been my passion, good and bad. And yet he allows me to use it to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's where my Esther moment is. It, it, food has always been an issue, but it went from being a toxic issue to being a blessing. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better way to kind of bring this to a conclusion because it's redemption, right? He redeemed mm-hmm. your gift. He redeemed your heart, your soul. He redeemed your life and your mind. And that's the process of being sanctified, going day after day after day, transforming into more of God's likeness and realizing his purpose for our life. And I'm so thankful that you've done that and that you're offering that now to those of us. So you have a book, you have two books, you have many books, you have a course. Tell us where we can find you. And again, where should someone start? The 40-day transformation, is that the best place? They can, but I have a free course, which I really recommend most. And it's called Seven Steps to Amazing Biblical Health. And you can you can grab it on my website, thebiblicalnutritionist.com. It's free. Basically, it's the seven steps that I start every client with and how I start their coaching program. So you can get it for free and, it, and don't rush it. Take time to let it, you know, marinate and just really affect your life in a way that God wants you to, wants it to. Um, so go to the seven, seven amazing, seven steps to amazing biblical health at the website, the biblical nutritionist.com. That's going to introduce you to me. It's going to introduce you to God's word and, and then learn more on the YouTube channel, the biblical nutritionist. And then when you're ready to make a transformation, you're like, okay, I've picked up, you know, I've kind of gone through the buffet line I picked up little bits and pieces of what I like. I'm ready to dive in. And then I would go to the 40 day transformation. And so we have that course and all of our courses are on our Academy website, which is biblical nutrition There you get to learn at your own pace, God's recipe for excellent health. Tremendous. My guest today, today, Annette Reader. And again, if this has piqued your interest and you say there's some ingredients that I'm missing in my life, then I invite you to visit her website. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for just sharing from your heart. We really appreciate it. And for all of you who are listening today, all of you modern day Esthers, I have a question for you. Is this your moment? to arise.